0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host Jacob Granger. Today we're going to take a look at how to revamp a regional media publication. So Gloss is the flagship business and lifestyle title of So Publishing, covering the UK county of Gloucestershire. Over the last 15 years, it has provided local readers with insider knowledge of the best places in their area to take a walk, eat out, or take the kids out for a day. It's a mixture of timely news content and evergreen listicles, or as they like to say, hot lists. With 146,000 monthly readers coming to the website, they've definitely built up a loyal following alongside strong commercial contacts, both of which are key for the next phase in So development. They've now invested in a suite of new tech products that they hope will breathe new life into their membership offering and overhaul their website for the better. The group editor, Michelle Fern, says that they have a working blueprint to scale the business up and we will be going over that vision today. From the new pandemic inspired editorial direction to the latest pivots in their revenue streams and a CMS that will make their journalists lives much, much easier. All of that's coming up, so don't go anywhere. Michelle, welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on the show.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Would you share a little known fact about yourself with our audience, please?
1: Okay, so um, (laughs) this is a really tricky question, but we have something on so gloss, which is a little like, oh, really Um, question. And for the bio of all of our team members and um, within that, my oh, really is that I was once chased by a lion. (laughs)
0: You're going to need to give me more information than that.
1: It is a bit odd. So I went on a safari with my family when I was a teenager to South Africa and we were out on a walking safari uh, with some people from the reserve and all of a sudden they got very scared because we could hear a lion and they uh, told us to hide behind a tree and they got their guns ready and then shouted run my little sister was there she was quite young uh it's quite it was quite scary we saw um a lion tail but uh yeah it didn't get that close uh yeah kind of a weird claim to fame
0: oh really does seem like an appropriate response um but you know maybe even an understatement i'm more like oh damn but yeah that's so uh, an interesting little known fact thank you for sharing that
1: it's usually one of those things that come up in a if you've ever played the game two truths and a lie <laughs>
0: You can think of SoGloss as a timeout for Gloucestershire, if you will. It started life in 2007 as an arts and entertainment publication producing news, guides and interviews to help readers stay on top of the best things to do on their doorstep, and to make sure their social and cultural calendars are nice and full. Over time, that editorial scope started to branch into lifestyle content as well, from exploring local hobbies to highlighting nearby beaches just a short drive away. But when the pandemic made everyone housebound, SoGloss had to adapt. And decided to pivot to business content as well, which Michelle initially had reservations about. However, it proved a hit.
1: Lifestyle kind of stopped. So for us, it was quite a pivotal, hugely important moment, really, where we were like, wow, you know, all the things that our journalists have been covering for the past, uh, you know, 13 years, um, things like um, events happening, um, you know, sporting occasions, festivals, um, everything, realistically, uh, when we went into lockdown, stopped overnight. So from a commercial point of view, our advertisers were, you know, um, hotels, pubs, sporting venues, theatres. So from a commercial perspective as well, we were suddenly like, Oh my goodness, like, what does this mean for So Gloss? Um, what does this mean for our journalists? What does this mean for us commercially? So um, we had probably a day of panicking not gonna lie it was a very nerve-wracking time for us and we launched a campaign which we dubbed in this together gloss and so gloss was always a really um positive celebratory title anyway you know we were writing about things you know people wanted to do in their spare time and when that stopped we focused our editorial attention on writing about things that were happening in our community things that people were doing you know to keep upbeat we tried to provide a real um antidote to all of the negative um news that you know we were all seeing every single day so we started this campaign and we started writing about businesses that you know were producing ppe So we have a fashion brand in Gloucestershire called Superdry and they started producing like face masks and things like that. So we covered that and we found that there was a real appetite for that sort of story. And it really gave us the confidence to launch our business section because readers responded to it so well. You know, they wanted to know what was going on in Gloucestershire, in our community even though we were all locked down you know what good news could we still share but so gloss we now cover lifestyle and business so we, we see that as the two sort of sides of our coin
0: with with a focus on evergreen content as well or more generalist or or what
1: no i wouldn't say we've particularly got an emphasis on evergreen content we um, we're really driven by what our readers um want to read. So we cover a complete mixture. We've got um, very timely news stories. We we call them hot lists. I know they're called listicles elsewhere. We find those are really popular with our readers. But then we also write a lot of event previews. We um, run interviews on SoGloss. We produce um, videos. Um, Yeah, quite a cross section.
0: The whole... Championing local causes, championing local business is a very typical local news model. Um, I just wonder, as as a blueprint for other regional media, maybe the one question mark they would have is the reach of their stories versus the focus. And what I mean by that is, I think there is a gripe towards local news publishers where, um, in the search for clicks and and visibility, they're producing a lot of their evergreen and generalist content, straying them further away from their true focus. Um, have you found a happy medium there uh, moving forward? I
1: think it's really tricky for journalists now. Um, So something that we don't do at SoGloss is our journalists aren't um, targeted in any way. We celebrate stories that have, have done very well and that our readers are really interested in, but there isn't any sort of benchmarking or targets for our journalists to be producing X amounts of clicks a week or a month or anything like that. Because I think it, you know, as a journalist myself, I don't think you necessarily get the best out of people when they're um, constantly being whipped to produce something which might not necessarily be the best thing for the brand or the best thing for your readers. It's a real balancing act in terms of, you know, we at So Gloss, we, we want to attract readers and we want um our readers to be reading our content and our journalists you know they they want their content to be read as well we just believe in the quality of good journalism and some of our most popular content on so gloss is places to walk in Gloucestershire because uh year round people want to walk in Gloucestershire in the Cotswolds and that's a really useful resource that our readers return to time and time again But on the flip side, you know, we want to be writing about, you know, um, a business has just expanded, um, a new restaurant has just opened. There's a lot of really timely, newsworthy content as well. And I think the mixture is probably what readers want um, rather than just writing for Google.
0: When When you say a mixture, what do you mean?
1: I mean, it's tricky to... Um, not cover things that are, are going to be evergreen because it's what readers want and it's providing useful information. But similarly, um, readers also want timely, newsworthy, up-to-date news stories as well. So it, a, a mixture of that type of content for our readers is, is probably the right approach.
0: When you think about the the content that you produce, what does success look like and what maybe metrics do you look to to signal success? What what does that value look like? What do you prioritize?
1: We use Google Analytics to look into our um, uh, analytics. Um and of course that's useful and uh, we want to see what what stories are doing really well for us we also have our new uh, newly relaunched website it has a trending feature so we can see you know that's constantly updated you know what stories are doing really well and we use that to inform our editorial judgment about the type of stories that our readers want to see more of but we're not obsessed with that we like in our editorial hub, we like to experiment. We like to cover new things. We're really passionate about writing stories which our competitors haven't written about. So you know, everything doesn't come from a press release. Um, we're out and about in our in our county, discovering things for ourselves, uh, speaking to people who run businesses, etc. Um, so we're not. We don't have. Uh, you know, we're not slaves to analytics.
0: The advantage Sogloss has over a competitor like Timeout is that it hires local journalists who know the local hidden gems that a general and distant content writer might miss. Any plans to scale the business up into other areas would require local journalists who have personal knowledge of the city or county they're covering. It's a refreshing change of narrative from the gradual decline in regional journalism opportunities we constantly hear about. This model has proved to stand the test of time as well. In their 15 years of operation, Sogloss has garnered 85,000 followers across social media, 34,000 newsletter subscribers and 146,000 monthly readers on the website. Without too much effort, it's also amassed a master free membership of around 22,000 people, originally by asking readers to sign up in order to vote in SoGloss's lifestyle awards to acknowledge their favourite restaurants or nearby attractions. Now the membership will be pushed a lot harder from here, and it will give readers a way to save articles to read later, but also to create their own lists of content, like local businesses they want to work with, or restaurants they want to dine at. Michelle admits this is inspired by the Financial Times' model, but saw there was no such thing on offer in regional media. Moving forward, it wants to grow this membership to 50,000 by the end of 2022 and 100,000 by the end of 2023. The reason behind this push is partly a response to the phase-out of Google's third-party cookies set to happen next year. This will fundamentally change how media publications work with advertisers. Michelle believes that this change, perhaps unnerving for many in the media, will help publications come out on the other side stronger if they can plan and respond well to the changes.
1: To become a member is absolutely free of charge, and we have no plans to charge for membership at all. In fact, we're quite adamant about going the other way, um, and we want to encourage our 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 members by, you know, giving them exclusive um, content, by offering them exclusive um, benefits that will encourage them to become members um, rather than expecting any sort of money to change hands I, you know a few years ago publishers were you know all obsessed with paywalls and that's been really successful for some media brands whereas i don't think our members would pay for the content that we produce. That's not because I don't think they value it. I think it's because from a regional perspective, I just don't think we're used to wanting to pay for things.
0: Well, th- that, that that is very much backed up in the data. I mean, in the UK, the number of people who pay for online news is something like 9%. So it's, it is very low. But you know, my, my question here is that certainly there is this rhetoric that making online journalism free was a was a mistake and and we kind of rue the day of doing that you're not going to ask people to pay for journalism you're sticking by that decision you think that's the right way to approach this situation
1: yeah Absolutely. For us, we, of course, you know, no business owners are going to not consider something that could be um, a commercially viable option for their future. We've considered everything. But for us, we made the decision that we don't want to ask our readers to pay for something because we just don't think they will. The membership side of things, we might consider launching a sort of membership wall where um, you know, you get access to a certain amount of stories a week or a month, and then you need to sign into your account. That's not to, it's not from a commercial perspective. It's um, in terms of building this tribe of Sogloss members who we feel are a bit more invested in the brand, a bit more, um, have a bit more brand loyalty, you um, it's about encouraging return visits. It's about um, encouraging a conversation with our members. And it's the cookiest future and not having um, third party data. We want to build up our own first party data, but in a really, really positive way, which allows us to um, provide our readers with uh, you know, even better content and uh, a user experience that's improved by knowing a little bit more information about them yeah
0: for, for sure for sure um one has to ask though how you balance the books with new tools new websites but not charging people for um the the privileges of the of the new product so how how, how are you going to make this work financially for your publication
1: well um the so relaunching So Gloss, um, you know, it's been a year long project and it's been a substantial six figure investment in the project. And it, we think it's money well spent, um, but from um, a commercial perspective, it was very much inspired by the pandemic. We actually had our best financial um, year, um, the year that the pandemic hit, which we think, you know, is possibly quite unique, possibly bucked a regional media trend.
0: On that pandemic year, is that because you had more money coming in or less money going out?
1: It was because we had more money coming in. Yeah, we had record breaking advertising revenue. Um, We grew our team to the largest media team in Gloucestershire. Uh, We had a huge audience growth. We launched the new business section. We launched a brand new business awards, uh, which we were able to have in real life. You know, once lockdown restrictions had eased, so it was a real um, turning point for our business uh, during the pandemic. And one of the things that we wanted to do is invest in the future of our business. The commercial success that we experienced, it wasn't anything to do with the pandemic. It was to do with how we approached. So, gloss from a commercial perspective and how we responded to what could have been a huge crisis. And we turned it into something really positive. So, for us, we wanted to um, invest in the future of our product. And that was about creating something which was technologically advanced. So it's very time-saving from a publishing point of view. Our journalists, we estimate are saving um, a day a week at the moment from a production point of view because our CMS is so intuitive and modern and fast and just a joy to, to use as a journalist. Um, And from a commercial perspective, our commercial opportunities have um, increased because the advertising side of things is just so much nicer now. Um, And we're adamant that we can make regional media profitable because we've done that for 15 years. We've grown financially year on year and the pandemic um, didn't change that.
0: News publishers are being warned, however, not to be too reliant on advertising revenue. Instead, they should consider creating other revenue streams in order to future-proof their businesses. Currently, Sogloss has three main streams of funding, display advertisement, sponsored events and awards, and content marketing. All three of those require strong relationships with local and national companies, but especially when it comes to advertising. Sogloss has had a lot of joy with advertising on a targeted, tenancy basis in particular, That means their ads are tailored to the position on the website. For example, a local theatre can feature specifically in the entertainment section. The publication's new website will offer a whole host of new and attractive propositions for advertisers, both on desktop and mobile. It is for this reason that Michelle is optimistic about the coogulous future. By collecting their own first-party data with precise knowledge of their readers and then going to their pre-existing clients, there is room for a lot of bespoke deals there. Additionally, they're in an even stronger position because they will be presiding over those transactions and looking after their readers' data as a trusted news organisation.
1: On the flip side, that does allow us to have a really rich insight into what our members um, are interested in, which we can then tell our advertisers. One of our biggest section is our food and drink section. You know, our readers absolutely love finding out about the latest restaurant that's opening, for example. And, you know, we can really use that information to our advantage when we're um, pitching to a restaurant chain or a local restaurant that might have opened. We can say, our readers are interested and we can prove it to you. Here's the data. We think that actually the cookiest future really does benefit our model.
0: And, and, and the powerful thing about that is... You as the media organisation are the guardian of that transaction, not some shadowy middle person. You're the one facilitating that to happen. Hopefully, if you've built trust with that audience to the point that they can part their data with you, that that is a really clear path to um, making this Google's future work, really, for media publications.
1: Absolutely. I think that... Um your reader or your members trust is something money can't buy and it's something that i'm absolutely obsessed with so we respect our readers so much we and you know that that will obviously follow through to respecting our members so much that goes for editorial and advertising you know we have really strict policies about you know who can advertise on Sogloss and of course you know sometimes we have businesses that we don't want advertising with this because we're independent and because we're kind of in charge of our own destiny uh, we can make those judgment
0: calls. Mm. Let me squeeze in one quick last mention on your bespoke CMS. Why, why is it so, so superior to anything else in the UK regional media?
1: There's just so much built into it so we could have been talking for half an hour about the tech side of things. So my co-founder, James and I, we, um, we see so gloss, we see so publishing as a tech business, realistically. So a lot of the reading that we're doing, a lot of the research that we're doing is about, um, you know, what are the latest um, technology standards? We worked with an insanely brilliant um, development company here in Cheltenham called 16I and we just kept going back to the drawing board of how, OK, this is really cool, but how can we make it cooler? So we looked at three key stakeholders. One's our journalists, one um, are our readers, one is our advertisers. And we built the, the CMS from the ground up with those um, stakeholders in mind. And for our journalists, we wanted to look at, OK, you know what are the problems that our journalists are facing? Um, Rekeying information is, you know, taking a lot of time. Where you know, you might upload a story in one way, and then you're sharing it in a different way. You might be adding it to a calendar, or you might be adding it to a guide. You know, how many ways are our journalists repackaging content, and how can we make our CMS do that rather than a human do that? So, um, there's so many um, time-saving efficiencies built into it. Um, and we're tweaking constantly. Our developers um, handed the site back to us weeks ago, but you know they're as obsessed with quality as we are. And outdated content, you'll never see that on Sogloss um, because all the data that's applied to every article that we're producing, it means that our CMS is you know, doing tons of really clever things in the background that as humans, we might have had to do Yeah, It's just very time-saving, very intuitive, just the most modern CMS you can get. And I think the reason for that is because it's been built by journalists.
0: Michelle, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and speaking to me. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you.
1: It's been brilliant. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Loads to think about here, but for me, my takeaway is this triangle of editorial revenue and product and how they are all interlinked. Sogloss has developed a very specific editorial focus over the last 15 years, which in turn gives them very specific revenue opportunities, but both were held back by limited tech products. By investing in new products, they can streamline the editorial side, so how journalists produce content and how audiences can consume it, as well as the revenue side, the data that they can collect and the deals they can negotiate with clients. I'd love to get your thoughts on today's show or hear about what's going on in your newsroom. You can DM or tweet me at JPG Journalism, or the wider team at journalism.co.uk at journalismnews. If you'd like to feature on the show or you've got a topic or story you want us to cover on the podcast, please do get in touch. I'm on jacob at journalism.co.uk. And finally, if you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. That way you won't miss our next exciting episode where we will talk to a veteran US broadcast journalist about all things interviewing. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.